Hi, and welcome to Sweet 1111. I'm Trice Brown. And I'm Emily Nagy. And today we're going to be talking about Emily's conversation with the executive producer of Naked and Afraid and Naked and Afraid XL. Yes. So Jim Morton, he's an Auburn grad. He graduated in 91 with a degree in mass communications. And he spent a little bit too much time in L.A. in the Hollywood world. So he's back in Auburn. He always knew it was home. Mm -hmm. And he's still producing the shows right here from in Auburn. Right. So he's like going on these trips all around the world trying to... um, Produce. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Uh, Well, we will be right back to talk about that in a moment. Hey, this is Collins Keith, podcast writer for The Plainsman. If you like this podcast and would like to support the organization and our team, you can visit our website at theplainsman.com and click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 127 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here at Auburn. Thank you so much in advance, and now back to the show. So Emily, uh, to get started, let's talk about um, kind of Jim's path to where he is right now. So let's kind of get started. Uh, He was an Auburn grad. Let's start there and then kind of like describe his path up to here. Yeah. So he even talks about really not being the best college student. He was Mm -hmm. bouncing around majors, didn't really know what he wanted to do. And then he took a radio broadcast and TV broadcast class in the same semester and fell in love with the fast pace of live television and radio. So he ended up having a connection to somebody working in the industry and got an internship at CNN, which he needed to graduate. Mm -hmm. And after graduating, spent 10 years at CNN in Atlanta before moving out to LA to start producing things on a wider scale. Right. Um, But he talks about it was at that CNN internship where he fell in love with TV and the fast-paced informity that you have in that role. So he went to L.A. How did he get involved with Naked and Afraid? So he was already producing shows for the company that um, Naked and Afraid is under. Mm -hmm. Um, And they pitched it to him. He wasn't too sure about it. It was already on at that point. And he ended up agreeing to it. And the first place they sent him was to Brazil. And the female castmate on that show collapsed and her eyes were rolling back in her head. And she had to be rushed to the hospital. So at that point, he really didn't think he would stick it out too long. But now he's both the executive producers of both shows, as we mentioned before. So there was something bringing him back to it, and he loves his job. It it takes a special kind of people person to do the show. I always (laughs) say you have to be – everybody that's ever done the show is a little crazy. It's the (laughs) same for everybody that's worked on the show. (laughs) Um, But we have an amazing group of people that – I've worked on the show for a lot of years. And, and like I said earlier, when you, you know, when you go through dangerous and difficult situations with people, you get really close to them. Mm -hmm. So we're a big family, um, out there. So, you know, we've talked about the show, um, so far, but what exactly is Naked and Afraid? Like, how would you describe the show and its premise? So it's essentially a survival show and, Mm -hmm. Um, obviously the name of the show will stick out of a lot of people, but that's just part of the survival aspect. So Mm -hmm. these two castmates are put somewhere where, um, like a desolate place and they have no food, no water, and obviously no clothes and they have to learn how to survive there. Jim's role in producing is to really be a coach to those people. He says he arms them with knowledge. They have like a local Mm -hmm. specialist always come out to teach them what they can and can't eat with berries wise. Um, and just making the most out of the TV show, we're also keeping these people safe. And, you know, there's a line between entertainment and 
safety. And so right. his job is to really, like I said, be a coach to them and keep them on the better side of that spectrum. Right. Because they're just dropped in like the middle of the wilderness with like no clothes or anything. Yeah. And like he, uh, Jim talks a lot about how the show is so real. So mm-hmm. the producers aren't giving them food or water. They are leaving them out there every night to sleep. And he said it's hard when he goes and sleeps in a nice bed and comes back to the next day with a breakfast in his stomach. Yeah. And even the people filming, they since they haven't eaten in like five days, their senses are so heightened and they can like smell it on the producers. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just the authenticity of that, that they really are out there surviving. Mm. And the only thing the producers and directors are doing is making sure they don't die. Yeah, right. The only prize is their sense of accomplishment. But I don't know how long really? they have to do it. Yeah. Interesting. He says he tells every, like, as a coach, he tells every bunch of people beforehand, like, you can either complete this and walk around for the rest of your life with a sense of pride that you did something really, really hard, or you Mm. can tap out and then walk around for the rest of your life with a sense of failure and regret. Yeah. He says so many people that tap out come back to them and they say, I'm sorry, it was the worst mistake of my life. Can I please do it again? He's had, like, special forces people come and be like, "It, it wasn't the hardest thing I've ever done, but it was pretty close. He said, like, take the hardest thing you've ever done and multiply it by a thousand. Wow. And that's what the show is. We were talking about this the other day. Who, what type of person is the most successful going on the show? And we always say the same thing, single mothers. Mm-hmm. Because it's, I mean, it's just hard for them. Yeah. It's just every day is going to be hard. <laughs> and they're used to that. Um, and women, all, women always do better on the show. Yeah. Uh, as a whole, women do better. Um, it's just the truth is something we've we found they're innately you know tougher and, and mentally they're i think they're, they're more um you know they're, they're they're equipped to do it better um yeah the single moms like you know i've had them come out and uh i had this in mexico from a, a girl i just shot an aired yet and she was she was living in this like, commune in georgia with like two other women and they had nine children between them and i didn't there was a time there I'm like, I don't know that she's going to go home. <laughs> like she's, this might be easier than, than what she's got at home. So you mentioned earlier about how, you know, he's often dealing with these like conflicting issues where he is going to bed and he's eating breakfast and he's going back to these people who are starved and have been sleeping on the ground. Uh, so I guess in general, what is what did he have to say about what the show's environment is like for him? So there's like cast camp where the people on the show stay and there's bush camp, which is where all the producers and everything stays. And at that Mm -hmm. bush camp, there's a medic there um, 24-7 and a productive person there 24-7. Yeah. So he said sometimes there's honestly like to get to where the cast is, you'll have to go by boat, truck, hike, 45-minute hike just to get back to where they are. Oh, gosh. Um, And... Doing all that, enduring that, and then enduring also watching these people struggle while you're fine and filming them um, yeah. is what brings him so close to his fellow uh, producers and mm-hmm. crew on the show. Yeah. So he's making all of these um, treks. I'm guessing he doesn't really have any, like, hot water or, like, nice amenities uh, available. Um, I think it depends on where they shoot. Mm-hmm. So the crew is never really in the same circumstances as the cast, obviously. Right. But there definitely is times where there's not as many luxuries as there are when you walk into your house here in Auburn. Right. Okay. So, you know, he's in these environments for a pretty long amount of time, uh, like uh, 
a month or longer, really. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like transitioning back to regular society after that? He said it's definitely an adjustment. Like, it's a different kind of culture shock because being in these um, environments when you're filming, obviously mm-hmm. it's hard to watch somebody try and survive off minimum resources. But at the end of the day, it's really peaceful. It's out in the wilderness. It's quiet. It's at beautiful places in different countries all around the world he would have never traveled to if it weren't for this job. Mm -hmm. So he can find peace in that. And then coming home and seeing cars, honestly, and traffic lights is just a different kind of shock. You find we're in such great locations. We're in such remote locations uh, that most people don't get to go to. Um, they're not vacation spots. They're not mm. a place you would want to go, <laughs> but they're really beautiful. So there's times where, you know, if you're getting a little stressed, you just stop. It's quiet. It's, you know, it's beautiful. You, you can hear, you can know, hear the birds and the nature and it really chills you out. Um, so much to the point where when I come back, sometimes, uh, when I go through airports and stuff, I get really freaked out. Mm. Um, we all do. We have this weird PTSD that we have when we come back and it's, and if we go on the longer ones on XL, like I was, I just got back from Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, we did one in the Amazon and the new season of XL that hadn't come out yet. We were shot that I was in the, I was in the Peruvian Amazon for 74 days. Um, mm-hmm. And when I got back, it was, it was an adjustment. Cause I, there was, I didn't see a car at the time I was yeah. there. We were doing everything by boat and you know, we were, I had no air conditioning and no hot water and all that stuff. So you get back and you go to a place like, you know, an airport or, you know, it's, it's very, nerve-wracking i went to it, we tend to shoot xl in the fall so when i come back there's always a couple of football games left over at auburn so i go to the games and it's always an adventure like i came <laughs> back from africa a couple of years ago where it was just we were out in the middle of nowhere and i went to the georgia game it was a night game and i my wife just kept having to hold my hand she are you okay i'm like i think so like <laughs> it's a different kind of problems. you're getting a, you, you're out in the middle yeah. of nowhere and then all of a sudden you're getting amongst you know ninety thousand people it's it's yeah. just a unique experience. So from his experience, you know, shooting the show, this really strange experience that he's had, what has, like, been his takeaways from it? So definitely the authenticity of the show, the realness, um, and then also his crew, how close he's gotten with them. He says, you know, a lot of times when they're in these places – himself included and his crew they can't talk to their family and kids so they become Mm. their own family and that's something that has kept him going back for so long to the show what what do you think are like like what do you have to say about like what is like most special experiences i guess were um in relation to the show yeah so he says like every episode that they shoot you learn something new he said when Mm -hmm. he first started producing he was like a pig on roller skates i think is the phrase he used and then he says you can never even judge a producer until they film at least three because so many curveballs can be thrown at you. Mm-hmm. So every episode is a learning experience. But a few years ago, he actually had the opportunity to film an episode on his father's property, which is about mm. it's like about an hour south of Auburn, and um, that was extremely special to him. He said, you know, he'd go out into the bush camp, like I talked about earlier, and his dad would be there, like chatting up the producers, <laughs> and they got to use some of like the ATVs he would ride on yeah. when he would visit the land. So that was really cool. And he said even the the male castmate that they had do that episode ended up being like a five time returner and was just such like a personality that it made the episode so good. And at one point, it was even the most rerun episode of Naked and Afraid. So it was super special to him. Wow. In his like role as a producer you know we've spoken about like what kind of people uh perform the best on the show but like what kind of people does he look for to to be a part of it 
Yeah, so he says um, he has a phrase that he always looks for people who can live it. Mm -hmm. So this is a survival show, obviously. And when he's going through the casting process, which he just recently got involved in being the executive producer of um, XL and regular Naked and Afraid, he looks for people who aren't awkward starting a fire and aren't using a $100 saw that they got at Home Depot, (laughs) but rather somebody who has to like skin a buck to eat dinner or um, implement survival skills in their own life. Yeah. That the show wouldn't be so out of the ordinary to them. But at the end of the day, he just talks about the mental toughness. Like he said, he's seen Marines cry on the third day. And women, single mothers, like we talked about earlier, uh, just be great and go through the whole thing. So it's really about the mental capacity you have to be able to handle the fact that it's real. It's going to be a TV show, but there's nothing fake about it. You're going to be naked and afraid out in the woods. You know, they all are learning experiences. It's funny on the show. Every time you think, you know, I, I've done this so much. I, I got it. You can't throw anything at me that I hadn't seen before. Something comes at you you hadn't seen before. You name it. It's, it's, it's happened there. And you learn every time you do one, you learn. Um, you learn how to deal with different things and different, you know, like we did XL in Africa a few years ago. And it was, it got up to like almost the thermometers in our bush camp only went up to 120 degrees and they were topped out. There was like six days that they were just topped out. So it was, we think it was like 125 degrees. Well, the cast doesn't do anything. When it's 125 degrees in the middle of the day, you'd be dumb to get out and go do it, which doesn't work for us. So that yeah. was one of the, you know, so you learn stuff like that. Like you yeah. learn like, oh, we can, let's don't put them where somewhere where it's too hot because they're not going to do well. Well, Emily, um, great job on this story. Yeah, really interesting um, case of someone, you know, who's involved with this really big, uh, show who went to Auburn, who still lives in Auburn. Uh, we just interviewed, um, I believe his wife last week for our Valentine's Day story. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, it's, it's a good opportunity to hear something like this. Um, but that should be all that we really have this week. Uh, so from the Auburn Plainsman, this has been Sweet 1111. I'm Trice Brown. And I'm Emily Nagy. And we will see you next week. <laughs>